We are the MarketScale creator community, and these are our stories. Join us as we tell the stories of the bold creators that are challenging the status quo in the world of business media. This is the Creator's Manifesto, the podcast of the MarketScale creator community. Hello and welcome. This is the Creator's Manifesto, the official podcast of the Market Scale Creator Community. I am your host, James Preble. Thank you for joining us once again. The Creator's Manifesto is a podcast that celebrates the talented individuals that are pushing B2B marketing forward. The filmmakers, artists, and marketers who are elevating the ways that businesses are engaging their communities. The dynamic creators around the globe who are behind the art that is elevating how business gets done. I am truly honored and excited to be joined by one of these very individuals today, Taylor Ringold out of New York City. Uh, Taylor is a broadcaster who over his 10 plus career has worked with some of the biggest names in sports. Taylor is a team member at New York's legendary WFAN radio and currently hosts pregame.com's MLB betting show, as well as his very own podcast, End of the Bench. Taylor, thank you again for joining me today, sir. That is a hell of an intro, and I do appreciate that, and I appreciate um, having me on this great podcast. It's all the truth, though. I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, building you up on anything that you don't deserve. Yeah, you know what? In in this business, I'd say things I've learned is um, you don't really get too many compliments. It's kind of you kind of keep rolling. You kind of put your head down and get work done and go on to the next stage of your career and kind of just keep. You might get a nice, good job, way to go. But those intros, I do appreciate. Ah, well, it, it, it's fun to put together, and uh, it, again, it's, it was it was all the truth. So, um, you know, uh, you're you're welcome, but but well deserved. Uh, Taylor, I mentioned that you were based in New York City. It is summertime in the big city. The Mets and the Yanks are both in first place right now. Not a bad time to be a, a baseball centric sports broadcaster, sir. Yeah, it is definitely a fun time here in New York. When both teams are playing well, that means business is good for everybody here. And and arguably, if it was the other way around, if they were both bad or one of them was bad, it'd be great business as well. But with that being said, uh, with my baseball background, playing college baseball, working for the Minnesota Twins in the past, and now living in New York, and working for a big-time radio station here in the city that mostly covers baseball, including the Yankees 100% of the time, um, it's a lot of fun. And being around the studio, you know, I'm you know behind the scenes and as well as doing some fill-in hosts when I can, it is fun to be a New York fan and also to be covering sports in, in the best place to cover it. Now, I think I've asked you this once in in one of our personal conversations. Right. Uh, now, you're a New York native, right? That is correct. I live on Long Island right now. Awesome. And it, did you grow up a Yankees fan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been a Yankee fan since forever. And uh, I don't, I'll never leave. I'm not going to be a Fairweather fan and just go somewhere else and go be a bandwagon for somebody else. 
I'm going to ride or die with this team. I've been very lucky that this Yankee team has been great for all 27 years of my existence. Uh, one non-playoff appearance in 2008. But you know what? I'm going to count all the positives here. Well, as a as a kid that grew up in the in the Boston area, I think we have we have talked more than enough about the Yankees than on on this podcast so far. I, that 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 clears everything up for everybody, and we we can we can move on. <laughs> we can from move on. Got it. I've no. heard that one once or twice. <laughs> no, I, uh, no, it's it's got to be fun, and I and I you know I always am curious of of in when you're working in the sports business, you know, kind of how you separate you know, being, being a fan is something that's ingrained in you. It's, it's something not easily put aside, but I love always talking about with people that have to do this uh, as their, as their job, as, as what they do to make a living, how they sort of, you know, remain objective in that scenario and, uh, and both ways. Right. So like you mentioned, if the Yankees were at in the basement right now, you know, how do you not, how do you present objective views on why they're in the basement? How do you not sound like, you know, the guy in the barbershop popping off. You know, it's different with television and radio. Television, you, from a host perspective, like analyst perspective would be different, right? If it was a former player or an insider, they can really give their true opinion on how they feel. From how I've learned, and, you know, if someone's listening to this that has a little more experience than I do, uh, definitely let me know if uh, your opinion's different. But... You know, radio is something different where you have to have a real, real personality and to really drive home your opinion because ratings are everything. Now, debate shows could be a little different as well. Like, you know, Stephen A. Smith on first take, you are giving your opinion. But if you're a sports center anchor who's giving the play by plays, you really, one, don't have time to give that opinion off. And two, you are giving the news. And with the area I'm working currently in radio, personality is everything because ratings are everything and we at wfan we killed in the ratings each and every quarter each and every week uh carton roberts who is our our afternoon drive show at wfan is the best in new york and arguably one of the best in the country and they deliver their opinions each and every show because that's what the listeners want and sometimes you know people might have their own ways of telling how they feel about a team and if they are a fan of it but in my opinion to show your enthusiasm show your passion of your said team if they're winning or losing is the name of the game and what i've done that in podcast or i've done in radio in the past that's what drives home um the listeners people listen to that and they say all right taylor's not happy of how garrett cole did in his last start why I want to hear more about it. I don't want to hear just the stats thrown out and I can tell you the run lines. I can tell you the ZRA over the last 10 games, whatever I can do all that, but they want to hear your opinion at the end of the day. No, I think it's really insightful and you know, sports broadcasting and you, you kind of went through all those different archetypes of, of what that could mean. It's very nuanced depending on what you, what you are actually doing within sports broadcasting but it, it, because sports is so ever present in our zeitgeist constantly, I feel like it's one of those jobs where people see it and they say, oh, I could definitively, you know, I could talk about sports all day on the radio. That can't actually be 
that hard or that difficult, right? And you know, the 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 guy who is driving home uh listening to WFAM. But uh tell tell me a little bit about that personal journey for you getting into sports broadcasting. You know, the the question we start off with on every episode of the Creators Manifesto is what's really your origin story as a creator? And you mentioned you played baseball and now you're you're in broadcasting. You know, tell me about that that journey. Sports has been my life and passion since I was a child and I played baseball my entire life and I had the opportunity to play four years of college baseball at SUNY Purchase College, which is a D3 school in uh, Westchester, New York. And it was great. And it definitely helped me open doors to different jobs over the years. Definitely helped me. Um, But the journey, I'm happy to say, is still going. You know, it's not even... I've told people this before and, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but I really haven't hit my, my end goal yet, you know? So I'm still in the minor leagues of how I'm looking at it, in a sense. I've done a lot of work, done a lot of grunt work, still doing it. Um, like I said before, you gotta, you know, just shut up and do the work. But, you know, I, I went from playing college ball and then in the summer of that uh, 2017, when I was looking for internships and stuff, I was, uh, Stony Brook University, which is a college here, do Division One college here and where I'm from. And I was doing radio there, uh, the sports radio show there. And then after that, went to the Minnesota Twins in 2018 as a broadcast intern, but they treated me more as a broadcast assistant because the responsibilities were so high and so heavy. I was reporting. I was interviewing baseball players every single day. It was a dream come true, you know, interviewed Mike Trout and Corey Kluber and Gleyber Torres and kids to walk around Justin Verlander and Joe Maurer, all these different Minnesota Twins legends walking around. So doing that every day for a full season was incredible. I come back and I've been working with the WFN for a while now. And then I actually didn't even mention this before, but dial it back. When I was a senior in college, I worked for the New York Giants as well in the production side of it, but being able to be around television and radio and kind of see the ins and outs, you know, as a 21 year old. So each and every year, I just been grinding my way through it. And then I do my own personal content on the side to generate some sort of filing and easy out here, but we're doing it. And, you know, it's a lot of hours. And when like, you know, tomorrow, this is recorded on a Friday, but on Saturday afternoon, I'm going on Fordham's, uh, Fordham University sports radio show and they asked me to come on as a guest and I'm going to talk to a few students and talk baseball, whatever. But, you know, a lot of these young guys coming up, young women coming up, it is a grind. And, it, it, you know, I'm 27, still very young, but I have a lot, a lot to go. And that's part of the origin story is that there, there is a lot of hard work that needs to be put in from the get-go, from the jump. And it can be discouraging at times, but you have to push through and just keep grinding because, you you know, your origin story in your early days is only one giant part of your entire career. Thank you for that that background. I, I appreciate that. I, I want to touch on, uh, you know, what you talked about there, you know, what, what you called your your side work or kind of, you know, your own channel. Uh, um, end of the bench and your work with pregame.com. And, you know, for it's very rare 
um, and, and you kind of are generationally perfectly positioned for someone to have uh, as much insight on the the real evolution that we have seen really over the last 10, 15 years within sports broadcasting. You talked about kind of this traditional route and getting to WFAN and working with a team. And, and now there is this swell, this incredible, um, you know, amount of organic kind of grassroots, if you will, sports broadcasting that has really upended the game, has has changed it almost completely. And I actually caught your interview with Justin Shackle at John Boy Media. I think that John Boy Media is a is a perfect example of that. Here you've you've got this YouTube personality, John Boy. And at first it started off kind of I'm sure you're familiar with the clips, the the fight recaps and the you know play breakdowns and he's he's hilarious and he's enigmatic. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he breaks the Houston Astros cheating scandal. He's a massive part of that story. And now John Boy Media is a media empire. And you've got similar stories with Barstool Sports. You know, we could go on and on and name, uh, you know, all of the started off small and now they're major players within the sports media game. You know, you call that side work, but I would argue really it's it's as as important to all of that other stuff, probably, to, you know, more difficult to monetize, obviously. But that's so much the name of the game this these days. Give me a little insight sort of on experiencing firsthand that evolution in sports media. You know, I, I started to really get understanding. I, I must probably I'm going to say at the end of my time with the Minnesota Twins, I had all this content, all this radio uh, sound bites from all these people I've interviewed, right? All these big baseball names. And I'm like, this is like, I have a leverage here. And I, I don't know why it didn't click for me then. I mean, I was 23 at the time. And uh, I was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't make more of this. I need to do more of this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need more of this. I made a website for myself and I put it on there and I said, this looks kind of cool. But also, if I want to keep my career going, I need to show people that I can do it. You know, I can do these interviews. I can do these um, breakdown videos. I can do whatever. And, you know, we're seeing prime examples of hobbies that John Boy and his best friend Jake were doing, you know, breaking out every single Yankee game for the entire year. And now they're a multi-million dollar media powerhouse and they're only getting better they just got you know giant investments from humongous names in media and in sports they're killing it and so barcelona keeps seems to get bigger every single year and you know dave port and i started it as a newspaper 20 years ago being because he wanted to talk sports betting and now it's becoming practically the number one sports media empire in the world and when you when you hear those stories, it comes back to like, all right, so Taylor, maybe you need to maybe start building yourself yourself something and a brand or just not even a brand, but just your, your personal brand. And it it's a lot of freaking work. And it's a lot of work. It can be very discouraging at times because you don't see the views or you might not be happy with how the video looks, whatever. But it's a whole process. And I from I mean, the other day I watched my very first podcast interview i did with a comedian francis ellis who's based off here in new york very funny guy and i had him on my show and it was just how it looked 
I was like cringing. I was like, oh, this looks terrible. And this was in 2020. And I really took advantage of what Zoom can provide during that time. I took about two weeks of doing nothing during the pandemic right in the beginning. And I said, I can't be just sitting around not doing anything. And I just really went at it. And I really generated this podcast and I was doing interviews every week. And, you know, it's hard to book guests, but that's part of the grind with it, you know, and now looking at my recent interviews with you know Ashley Nicole Moss from Sports Illustrated or Justin Shackle, like you said, or other, you know, Ryan Rucco from ESPN Yes Network who I've had on, the video looks so much better. It's it's transitions are better. I had B-roll in my videos. Um, they're hour and a half long interviews, which takes me, you know, three or four hours to just edit, time code, make the graphics, find the right B-roll that works, make sure the audio is all sounding right. And I try doing that in like a few days. So it's not only a learning lesson, it's a lesson to know how to edit better, knows how to interview better and uh, think of different questions. It's all process. And that's kind of one of the ways I really enjoy making this content is that I'm learning so much as I go. But not only that, um, at the end of the day, you're trying to impress other people to hire you. You know, I mean, the grand old goal is that I could work for myself and I have a podcast, I'm 100,000 followers on YouTube, subscribers on YouTube and make all this money. That is extremely hard to do. But a lot of people in this business make all this content because they want people, big sharks like you at Market Scale or Barstool or Sports Illustrated, John Boy, whatever, to look at them and say, like, you know what? Why don't we give this kid a chance? You know, put, he's put in the work in, he's got some talent that we can work with and make him better. And why does it work for us? That's the end goal for me. And by doing all this hard work, you know, freaking hopefully it pans out soon. <laughs> well, you said something really Im- important there to me was that, you know, you, you, you talked about the end game. You, it'll never happen if you're not doing it right. No one was ever going to, to come to you and say, Hey, you know what? Uh, you've got a great voice Taylor. And I think you'd be a phenomenal sports radio host. Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast, right? That's you have to be in that spot or that spot's not going to organically create itself. Um, I, and, and so I, I think that's, that's, just what's key there is doing it, you know, an object in motion sort of thing, or else it, it's it's going to be a pipe dream, right? Yeah, it's you have to be. I think in almost any kind of uh, career path, but I think especially in 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 media itself, you need to be driven to do it. If if, if you're not going to do it, you know, I, I've met a lot of people, James, in this business that talk but they don't walk the talk. You know, they don't do it. They talk about, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I've met a lot of guys. I've met a lot of people. I've worked with people like it where they just say they're going to do it. And then they're done six months, you know, and as that person goes, you know, I keep moving up. I keep going. I keep working. And I work with a great group of young guys my age at WFN and we're all hungry. We're all hungry to do better. If it's getting on the radio more or if it's doing our podcast on the side more, or if it's doing something else, whatever that means, you need to you need to push yourself. No one's going to push you, and, and if you're not pushing yourself to do it, or you're not coming up with ideas or doing something, you, you're not going to get anywhere. 
I, I, I couldn't agree more. So it's a, it's a hard life lesson to learn. It's, it's one, I think you got to hold yourself to constantly. I'm not saying that I'm always the one on, on the grind. Right. But I, I think that's well, well said. Me now, too. I've had my moments over the years too, where I've just been like, Oh, you know what? You're catching yourself here. So why don't we reel back in? Let's fix something here. And then you get to work. Yeah, no, exactly. And so we talked about kind of this explosion of, of grassroots uh, sports media. And, I, and I'm curious of your take because there's a lot out there. I think that that's a good thing. I'm generally pro, uh, especially, you know, this is the Creators Manifesto podcast, pro lowering the barrier on entry to being creative. And I think with the internet and with the, uh, you know, increases in the quality of technology that essentially you've got a, a 4K camera uh, in your phone or in your laptop, that those costs are lower, that you don't have to, you know, be necessarily at a Hollywood studio or a, you know, New York legendary sports broadcasting station to begin the journey. Very pro of that. With that said, there's a lot out there that is, you know, all over the place and not necessarily of low quality that the person is, you know, just not talented, but un unfocused. And so, we talked a little bit about sports betting and that's something that has also gone through this just wild evolution in our lifetime sports betting. I'm going to age myself here a little bit, but like that was in the past, if you were outside the city of Las Vegas, Nevada, that was either something that you were doing and let's be frank here illegally, or you were like at a shady, somewhat dangerous horse track, uh, you know, in, in one of the lesser suburbs of your major metropolitan area. Now everyone has a sports betting capabilities carried around with them at all times in bring that back to sports media that has created all these shows to where we're talking about that. How do you, how do you stay focused from, from just a topic standpoint, because this lowering the barrier to entry is great that we're inviting all these new creators into this industry and we are widening the topics to, you know, not just discussing what the scores were that night, that we can actually get into a very nuanced sports conversation. If you want a, if there is an audience, you can now ha have that conversation, but how do you pick those spots so that you're staying consistent on what you're doing and you're not kind of all over the place? What, what's your take on that? It's, it's a great question. It's definitely tough when you're young even young myself still you you it's either it's so weird james because you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into one thing you know you don't want to pigeonhole yourself it's like oh like be this type actor where i'm only talking baseball or i'm only talking baseball betting or i'm only talking football or i'm going to talk every, about everything sometimes you can get lost in it if you're talking about everything and also you could be limiting yourself to talking just about one sport. Now, over the years, I've I've had my focuses strictly on baseball. Can I definitely talk competitively in the NFL and in the NBA? Come on, let's go. I'll go toe to toe. I can do it. But I think we're one, we're not going to mention the. Remember, I grew up in Boston. Taylor, we're going to leave the NBA on the table. We're recording this after. Game six of the 2022 finals. That's so tough. let's just, we, we yeah. can, we can move on from the NBA. Yeah. We can, we can move on for that. I was a rough <laughs> game last night. Great game watching the Warriors, but we don't uh, have to get into it. I'm um, sorry. Yeah. I just, I just dug the knife in. Um, yeah. It's all right. It's all right. You, you know, um, 
even with the sports betting, it's opened up a gigantic window of opportunities for media companies that weren't talking about betting in the first place. You know, we had, you know, Barstool Sports been talking about betting almost the entire freaking time, the entire time when it was legal here in New York. They were just putting out this betting content. And out of really a lot of media companies, including betting companies, there really wasn't a lot of media content. Yeah, I guess FanDuel had their own stuff and, you know, DraftKings had their own things. ESPN was slowly putting things together, but now everybody has it. And I think having betting legalized here in, in majority of states in the United States is great for sports media. It's opening so many windows for the younger people coming in and even for the people that have been doing broadcasting for 20 years. Now they have a different angle to talk about a certain event or certain game. If you're talking 20 minutes about game six, the NBA finals, your last five or 10 minutes of the segment could be strictly on betting and seeing what the lines look like in the history of what teams in game six or teams that are trailing going into game six, what are their odds going into it? You know, and that's not only any content, but we want to talk about just dollars in general and partnerships with companies. You know, if, if ESPN has a gigantic uh, partnership with a certain betting company or whatever, this just generates more dollars too, but that's totally into a different conversation. But, um, you know, my time at pregame, it, it's, it's a smaller betting company. It's, they sell betting picks to, to the masses and they came to me to say, look, your expertise in baseball is exactly what we're looking for. Can you host a betting podcast a few times a week, maybe three times a week um, for 30 to 45 minutes, giving your opinions on not only dissecting the game itself, but giving your opinions on, on winners. And I was just like, yeah, I'm in. I talk baseball 24 seven as it is. So I was in and it was not only give, it's given me a different avenue too, because I really wasn't into betting at all. I just, because I, I was, unfortunately, James, I was around betting when I was in college, when it was legal, you know, and everyone has the offshore bookies and or they have a bookie that's their friend or the neighbor next door. And I was never into it because I had about $15 to my name. I want to keep that $15 to myself before letting go watching the Blue Jays lose a game. But now I'm involved in it and I'm just like, yeah, this is great. This is more content for me to talk about. And that's, I think, extremely important now. No, it's it's incredibly interesting. I think that uh, there is a follow-up conversation, a dedicated episode. I talked to our shared colleague, Tyler Kern, about um, we we kind of did an episode map of, of all of these conversations that we can have. And I think that that business conversation about sports betting is is definitively one of them uh and i and i i almost don't want to touch on it right now because i think there i'm so, i just want to say so much about it right out of the gates because it is so interesting and you know if, if there truly if there's anyone in like in the just graduating out of college audience listening to this that thinks that this was how the environment of sports betting has always been it is a zero to one change just from it was it frankly it was a taboo thing for so long and and now it's ever present and it's kind of it's kind of wild to me but but so 
getting back to talking about sort of the the art of broadcasting and our relationship together, Taylor, what you do with us at Market Scale here is that you facilitate and host our clients' podcast talking about, and, and this is a, a a perfect kind of metaphorical uh, segue in, into what we were just talking about was that you have all of these audiences now that you are capable of reaching because of this lowered barrier to entry that you weren't before. And you help our clients facilitate those conversations with their specific audience. And I think that's something that, again, 10 years ago, even just 10 years ago in marketing would have been thought to be undoable. You know, maybe the big giant companies had the resources to to host their own podcast and continuously have this conversation with their business communities and their business audiences. And now every, you know, it's been said so many times, every company needs to be a media company and now every company can be. How do you take your experiences in sports media in facilitating those conversations uh, for it in a business environment? You know, for me, when you came to me and asked, hey, we are, we're looking for podcast hosts, and quite frankly, I didn't know what market scale was. And I I looked up market scale and I said, you know what? This is definitely different. And I, and I like different because I've always been in sports and entertainment. That's been my thing. That's been my wheelhouse for a while. And it's going to be my wheelhouse for quite some time. But I said, you know, maybe a, maybe a cool change, a little adventure. And I like it. It's different for me. The business side of how companies work and their ins and outs is definitely interesting. When you have companies like Intel and Verizon that are working with you guys, it's it's a big deal. And when I bring my my experience from sports into it, it's really just a general experience of how to interview and how to deal with. I'm not dealing with athletes here. I'm you know I'm dealing with regular people, and I'm dealing with people that are passionate about what they do. Just like when I was dealing with players that are passionate about what they do. The difference is you could be dealing with a, a, a player who had a bad night at the plate and they're not too happy to talk to you. So on the other end here, people I'm talking to are extremely excited to share what they have to say about what company they work for and what product they're trying to push. You know, I was just did a Digitech episode about their printers and talking about the journey of one of their customers. And it was interesting to to hear and even the idea itself for the, the case study series. It's very interesting to hear that. But it's it's different and it's not. I'm bringing my talent and my experience of interviewing in sports, but I'm bringing something new as well, just my overall personality and also just uh, my overall experience of how to hold a conversation. Yeah, it, it's, it's funny you, you kind of made that metaphor on, on players uh, to, to, to the business professionals that you work with because – that's that's really it connects with my personal motto here at market skill on what we sort of do is that we try to elevate the business rock star and i think when you you make these folks at all of these incredible companies realize that hey i know that you think of what you're doing as as your 9 to 5 but it's actually incredible it's groundbreaking it's pushing the industry forward and you sort of help them see themselves through that lens that's when these conversations start to get really fun. They're engaging. You may not be necessarily 
you know, be a stakeholder in that business community. And yet that conversation is interesting and engaging. And that's how you know that that is truly great media, not just great B2B media, because someone who may not necessarily have a, uh, a dollars and cents stake in this is really engaged in that content. Exactly. And being engaged from the viewer's perspective is important, not only on the person who's getting interviewed, but it's my job as well to keep everybody engaged, to keep things relaxed, to keep it free flowing, like you're doing right now, James, you're doing a hell of a job right now. (laughs) Thank you. Moving the conversation around. And the one thing I learned early on, early on uh, when I was working with the twins, I was so nervous, James, to interview an athlete because it's a goal. It's like your dream to interview a professional athlete. And you don't get taught how to do that. You get taught how to interview uh, a, a regular, everyday person. And I know those those athletes are regular people, but to others, they're not. They look like they are larger than life people that you only see on TV. And I was told, you got to just be yourself and make them relaxed. And when you make them relax and you just be yourself and you say, hey, what's what's going on? And you just kind of small talk it and you make them calm. And you're like, all right, Taylor's not just your typical reporter. He's going to try to be nice to me and he's going to talk to me like I'm a regular person. And I bring that side of it also to market scale as well. I love to say like, hey guys, you know, let your hair down. We're going to talk, have a good time keep it nice, free flowing right off the bat. I ask them how their day is. And that is it. We start off like that before we even press record. Now I'm set for the the next half hour. I know that I've done it countless times. It works for me. And then the viewer watching it, they're going to be engaged and they're going to have a good time watching. You said that perfectly. It's an underrated skill because I think that it's, and I've done this myself, uh, you know, someone who's an expert in something, all of a sudden you introduce a camera and a recording device and you know, they could be the best in the world at that. And they, they get a little jittery. So, uh, no, you're a pro at it, sir. You're a pro at it. And so Thank you. It, I, I mean it again, it's just like the intro. I, 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 I wouldn't, wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. And so with, with that in mind, and I think that that is a really perfect way to, jump into our conclusion question, which we we kind of bookend every episode of the Creators Manifesto with our origin story and with what your personal creators manifesto is, Taylor. How do you, you know, keep this? You talked about the passion and you talked about that constant grind. How do you, you know, what is your personal creators manifesto to keep that energy and keep that spark where it is still a passion? It is not just a job. That is the goal. I want to wake up every day and not feel like I'm dreading to go to my job at 9 a.m. I, if I get to that point, I got to hang up the cleats and do something else. Because if I have to do that, it's going to be tough for me. When I look and I have you know, a list of goals that I still haven't hit yet, and I have a list of goals that I've already hit, but having goals set that are definitely obtainable, they might be a little hard, but they're definitely obtainable. That's what keeps me going. And having those kind of goals that I'm trying to hit in this exact moment, 
we're talking now, I'm getting on a call in a minute about how I have to hit this goal. That's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me driven. That's what keeps me inspired to be great in this extremely competitive and extremely hard business. And if you don't have that, it's going to be tough for you. You have to be passionate. You have to have a drive to win. You have to have this grind mentality, which sometimes you might lose because you might be discouraged about how hard it is. Uh, this business sucks. I'm not going anywhere. I've had that countless times. Even last week, I had a moment like that. But you have to just know that you're good enough. You can do this. And you haven't hit that goal yet. And then once you hit that goal, you're going to be happy. And then you're going to have to make a new goal. You're always to keep chasing. So that's how I keep myself going. And that is my uh, manifesto. Well, Taylor, there's no doubt that you've got the talent to do it. You've got a massive fan in me. Uh, if you haven't checked out Taylor's channel, End of the Bench, or his work on pregame.com, please do. Uh, you know, truly, you've got a fan of me, Taylor. I really enjoy your business conversation. So I am also hopeful you never hit that day where you got to dread your, your nine to five because I uh, enjoy watching your media so much. And if you are interested in having Taylor host your company's podcast, please visit marketscale.com for more information. Taylor would love to help you and your team facilitate and distribute that conversation. As he said, he's an expert and he wants to help you get your business message out. Taylor, thank you again. Uh, I think we're, we're going to have to have a, a couple follow-up episodes here. I want to talk about sports betting. Uh, I told Tyler, I think that we could do an entire episode about the evolution of sports media, really do a deep dive there. Uh, as you know, Mr. Kern was a, a radio uh, broadcast host himself here in Dallas. So I think that that would be a ton of fun. But I can't thank you enough for your time again, Taylor, on the Creators Manifesto. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it, James. It's, uh, it, was, it was a blast. And uh, I can't wait to talk more in the future. And thank you again to everybody for listening. This has been the Creators Manifesto. We look forward to seeing you next time.